So if you could change one thing about how Ryan runs the business that, that would make things easier for you, what would it be? Sticking to his deadlines. <laughs> <laughs> Self-imposed deadlines. <laughs> That's Maddie Smith, creator of DMV Food Finds on Instagram and Optionality DC, a boutique marketing firm specializing in the Washington DC market. She's also the manager of the Naptown Scoop Instagram page. On this episode, we talked about how Maddie almost never pays at restaurants, how she quit a commercial real estate career to do Instagram full time, and the best way to get your photos featured on the Naptown Scoop Instagram page. Let's get to it. How old are you? I am 24 years old. So you are the youngest guest okay. we've had yeah. on the podcast, for sure. So yes, you are the youngest, but I think I'm the second youngest we've ever had on the podcast. <laughs> right. So just for fun, what year were you born? 1998. Okay. At least it's in the 90s. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. The people out there that were born after 9-11, that blows my mind. Do you remember 9-11? You're no. really super young. No. I'm that's sure. my earliest memory. People who have to learn about that in history books, that's kind of crazy to me. Yeah. Every generation goes through it, right? Our grandparents probably feel that way about their kids being born after Pearl Harbor. Or the Great Depression. Yeah. Okay. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Montgomery County, so Chevy Chase, Maryland. Where'd you go to high school? I went to Stone Ridge. Okay. Is that a private high school, public high school? It's an all-girls Catholic school. What do you think about all-girls education? I loved it. That being said, I did co-ed school from kindergarten to eighth grade. I have a younger brother and a younger sister, and I played sports with boys the entire time. So I feel like I got a lot more well-roundedness from it than maybe some people who did it the entire time of their education or didn't have siblings or didn't have another outlet. But I really liked it. So what was your parents' reasoning for sending you to an all-girls school? It's pretty common in the D.C. area. There's a lot of big all-girls schools and big all-boys schools. And for me, I was really into sports, but I was also really academic. And so they kind of felt that the single-sex education would allow me to pursue both paths without having to pick one or the other pretty early on. So I was able to play sports. I played two varsity sports for four years, and I also was pretty good at school. So that was kind of nice to be able to learn in a setting where I could really be myself and talk about things I want to talk about and not be afraid to ask questions or anything like that. And is that part of what most people would say an advantage of a, an all-girls, a single-sex school would be? I think so. I mean, I would roll out of bed and like yeah, not, no not brush my hair. I, yeah, like no distractions. Went and, to an all-boys school. Loved it. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely loved it. I mean, how much drama in high school and your teen years comes from wanting to impress girls or guys? Totally. It is so, so nice to go to a school where that just doesn't exist. Which sports did you play? I swam and I played soccer. And did you end up doing that in college? I played club soccer in college. Tell you, me when, where you went to college. I like to brag about where you went to college. I went to Yale. How do people see Yale differently than the other Ivy League schools? Yeah, what's Yale's identity? What is the stereotype of Yale? <laughs> yeah. I think we're a little bit less pretentious and a little bit more fun, if that's the type of path you want to pursue. Not everyone in Yale chose to go out, but the group that did, I think, was very social and very outgoing and has been rewarded post-grad because of that just being able to integrate into communities and make friends very easily and build networks and build careers for themselves so i think that social element and the ability to kind of be outgoing and be outspoken and be extroverted was more common at yale at least for me as carried through beyond yale and what did you study at yale economics and history with the thought process of i have always liked business let me give this a shot and see if i liked it and so 
I did what pretty much half my class did was become an econ major and probably want to end up in New York and probably want to go into investment banking. So for my first year of college, that was kind of all I was thinking about. Econ, investment banking, New York, maybe consulting, but that was where I was heading. I got kind of into history. I always was good at writing, but I think it took a couple of things to make me realize that history was something I was really good at. And then also I figured out that there was a job that I could do in DC that was not investment banking and that was commercial real estate. So I kind of pivoted during my during my college years to focus on real estate. You worked at CBRE? Yes. What exactly did you do there? I was on a capital markets team doing debt and structured finance and I was a analyst. So just just looking at deals all day long and deciding deals if... and Excel and numbers and but CBRE is a huge firm. Yes. My team was doing the debt placement and equity placement on a lot of multifamily buildings in DC and the surrounding area. How long did you work at CBRE? 18 months. And that's the only job you've ever had, right? Yes. I interned there summer after my junior year, summer after my sophomore year. And then I started there right after graduating. Was this tedious? Was it something you weren't necessarily enjoying? It was tedious. I love real estate. I loved a lot of aspects of my team, but we went back into the office in September of 2020. I didn't have a single other friend that was in the office. I didn't have a single other friend that was working past 5 p.m., especially in D.C. And I was in the office until about like 6.30 would be a good day. 8.30 would be a bad day. I was the only one coming straight out of college at the time. That was pretty tough as well. I didn't mind it, but it definitely was very different than a lot of the jobs that my peers were doing at the time. So let's talk about DMV food finds. Yes. You didn't start that before you were there, right? No. Do you remember the first day you started it? I remember that I moved out of my parents' house and I started it in the same week, which was November 2020. Okay. So... DMV Food Finds is mostly Instagram? Only Instagram? Only Instagram. My oh. little sister is currently an intern for my TikTok. So nice. that's so, as, of, as of two weeks ago. <laughs> go, Emmy. I wish I could remember how many followers you had when we met. How many do you have now? When do we meet? Cause I, uh, you I didn't probably... have 10,000. So Ryan and I met when I first wrote an article for The Scoop on Engrano, which is a bakery in Annapolis. And I think I probably had about 3,000. When I started my account in November of 2020, it was much more of a split between DC and Annapolis. Now it's much more DC focused just because I spend way more of my time there and I'm not in Annapolis as much. Now you have, do you have 50 yet? 55. So that's kind of awesome. No, like amazing. Knowing you from two or 3,000 followers to now 55. I was telling Ryan earlier that your reels are brilliant because they leave me wanting more. For example, a few of your reels show the bartender smoking a drink. Mm-hmm. And I fancy myself an amateur mixologist. So I really want to see all the details of how he's doing it. But how am I going to see the details? Not from your page. You have to go. I have to go. So it's brilliant. It will force me to go and see the bartender make the drink. That's why they pay Maddie the big bucks. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember the first time you got paid from DMV Food Finds? I don't. And I've been asked that question. I do remember my first collab. So like a comp experience where a restaurant brings you in and then you you post an exchange for free food essentially but that where was where was that 
It was at Pinstripes and it was with a friend. Pinstripes in Georgetown. Pinstripes in Georgetown. Which is a bowling alley along with restaurant. restaurant. And it was January of 2021. Around the same time I met Ryan, a girl on Instagram reached out to me and she was like, hey, Pinstripes asked me to come in. They said I could bring someone else with me. You have a page that has a decent following and you seem pretty cool. Do you want to come? And since then I've met tens of people that way. Maybe last summer summer of 2021 i probably started to get some paid stuff but that didn't really pick up until 2022 so how often do you pay for food i buy my groceries and um <laughs> trader joe's is not on the uh but the wheels are turning for maddie i can see it right now she's like how can i make that happen how can i get my chocolate covered almonds for free i definitely write them <laughs> off because i post about them very infrequently it's if i'm going with friends and i didn't make the plan or like we're not doing something that's you know an event or if there's somewhere i really want to go but pretty infrequently if i'm not doing a restaurant club i'm pretty much cooking at home at this point instead of going out somewhere else do you have a favorite restaurant collab that you've done so far or an experience that you'll never forget as a result of I did a um, overnight trip in St. Michael's with one of my best friends in August and that was incredible Um, we stayed at a hotel in at Perry Cabin is that the one no not that one the Wild Side Hotel which is a couple doors down newer hotel the PR agency is out of DC and I've done some stuff for them in the DC area the invite was through my friend but we worked together a lot and so I think the agency knew that she was going to bring me and our pages together have over 100,000 followers so we did a stay at the Wild Side Hotel and we went to their dinner beforehand and then we did a variety of things in St. Michael's that either we were paying for I think one or two of the things were collaborations as well but that was really cool and that was August of this year everything that you were doing you were not paying for and you were actually being paid for that's correct so if I'm the owner or if I'm the manager of a, of a big hotel chain mm-hmm. in DC or not in DC or in other places what do you see as the advantage of having you come in and create content? The audience is a big thing. It's 55,000 followers, but through that, my engagement has stayed pretty high. So they're not bot followers as some people tend to have. They're all real followers. They're all hyper-local to DC. My audience is almost entirely in the US and and beyond that entirely in the DC and surrounding DC area, Baltimore and Annapolis. So it's a very engaged community, at least I think so. And I like to think that my content is pretty good. I I know for a fact that I was one of the first people, at least in the DC area that I'm aware of to adopt Reels full time. And that is what I contribute my account growth to a lot. Typically my content is two to three Reels going out a day, which I don't really see any other creators doing that. And I also live story which means that i'm storing within 24 hours of going somewhere and so my content's getting up really fast so if you're a hotel manager and you want me to come in you know my content's going to be up within 24 hours on my story and then typically my reel is up within 48 hours and nine times out of ten if i have a good experience i'm going to go above and beyond the agreed upon contract and either post two reels or post additional stories or post reminder reels or create a video where it's the five best places to stay in DC and then I'll include your hotel and a second series of content. So I'd like to think that I'm doing a pretty good job with the content and all the feedback I've gotten has said that. So 
I would 100% agree you're doing a great job with the content. Thank you. I, I think if you're opening a restaurant or bar or hotel in D.C. at your grand opening party, it should be you and everybody like you in, in D.C. I don't know why people don't do that, but they should. For sure. And you mentioned that your followers are real. Yes. So, do Ryan... You, do you even know how to buy followers? Have I don't ever, know. I, I mean, don't either. Well, I mean, Ryan and I both know this from running Naptop Scoop. I think probably when I first started running the page... Ryan was much more involved in DMs and would sometimes send me these messages and be like, LOL, this is so funny. And it would be like these spam accounts being like, you can buy 5,000 followers for X amount. And then over time, I think he started to realize, okay, this is happening about every other day. Like we can just clear these out. We don't need to engage. Yeah. And it seems harmless to some people. But as a business owner, if I'm going to pay someone to feature my business on their page, that's incredibly important mm-hmm. it be, it's a little disappointing when you go into the followers and you see all these fake accounts and it, they're easy to find there's a website phil and i like to plug people into uh i think it's like the instagram audit and we like to see how many followers are fake i don't think we did it with maddie yeah social blade is a great one um i think this one's just might be called instagramaudit.com and it'll show the number of estimated number of fake followers that yeah. uh, some people have we we know some people in Annapolis who use it or who seem to have large numbers of fake followers. We do. There was someone that I've known for a long time and I always thought it was strange that she had so many followers. When you look at her posts, she always has 5,803 likes. I know 5,805 like likes. Yeah. And like that's just like clockwork yes. all the time. Same number yeah. of likes. And then it's hilarious when the number of likes is higher than the number of views on a video. <laughs> I said that I um, have a close friend who does a similar job to me and I sent it to her and I was just like, do they realize like how stupid they look? I, mean, <laughs> I, I like... got to respect the hustle though. Well, we looked up that person that I had told you about. Do you and... remember what the number was? It was 93% fake followers. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Now a word from our sponsor. We'll be right back. Hey Ryan, the first time I visited your house, it smelled like a bachelor pad with lots of dogs. I know, I know. But that was before. Before what? Before we interviewed Michael and Jenny Walden on this podcast. I never burned candles before that. Oh yeah, I do most of my holiday shopping at Candles Off Me. They always help me find the right gift for the right person. You got that right. I went in to get something for you the other day, and they told me exactly what you like. Oil diffusers, right? Yeah. I like the ambiance of a flickering flame, though. The selection is awesome. Oh, yeah, and they have a candle bar. What's a candle bar? I want one. When you burn a candle all the way down, you can bring the empty vessel back and refill it with whatever fragrance you want for a fraction of the cost of buying a new candle. That's awesome. I'm quite thrifty, so once I'm done with this candle on my desk, I'm going to try that. They teach classes and host events at the candle bar, too. Sweet. I hear if you mention Naptown Scoop Show when you stop in, you get a free refill on your favorite vessel. What a great deal. Now you never have an excuse for your place to smell like a bachelor pad. Right you are. Not with candles off Main right down the street. Visit them at 2003 Commerce Park Drive, right off Bestgate Road near Annapolis Mall. I was thinking of the reason why it's so great to go to your page. It's Friday afternoon. I want to go someplace amazing in D.C. For a date. Phil goes on lots of dates. <laughs> anyway, I want to find some fabulous place in DC, like I was saying, uh, so I can go on there and see the hot new place, some place that I know is going to be cool based on the content that you've created for the place. 
Or maybe it's Tuesday afternoon in the middle of a workday, you're in the middle of a grind, and you just want to see something fun and think about what you might do that night or on the weekend. All your content is so fun. You make it look like so much fun. Is this intentional? I think so. I mean, I I try to reflect the true experience, but also you want to put out content that people want to see and make people want to either go to the place and or follow you. Mm-hmm. When you first started this account, did you ever think you would quit your job and oh, just do this? <laughs> and just to be clear, this is not all you do. You manage other people's social profiles as well, including Neptown Scoops. But when did you realize that quitting and doing this might be a possibility? So I quit my job November 2021. And I think the wheels didn't really start turning until a couple months before. I liked my job and then I didn't like my job. And then I was starting to look at maybe a way to marry the two in terms of something that was still commercial real estate based, but a little bit more marketing, social media focused. And then I kind of got the advice that if I had enough savings that I could live on my own for a year and not bring any other income. And if I had enough leads from clients, which Ryan was one of the first of people who wanted me to be doing this for them, then I should just give it a go. And that's what I ended up doing. So I think from the moment I started working on my website, coming up with a company name, to when I put in my two weeks notice, it was 14 days maybe. What is the company name? It's called Optionality DC. And What's the story is, behind optionality? Because I know it. I love yeah. it. Tell so, us more. Optionality, it's a family phrase that was really just like big in my family's culture growing up. And it just had to do with that. If you work hard and you you set your mind towards something, you have the option and you have the optionality to kind of do what you want to do with your life. Another part of the reason is that I would like to think by hiring me to manage your social media or to help with content creation, I'm giving you the optionality to focus on other parts of your business, but also to help your business grow at the same time. And then the last thing is my dad bought a boat a couple couple of months prior to me starting my company and he named it Optionality, which ties a little bit more into the family legacy behind the name. And people can find you at DMB Food Finds. Obviously, if they DM that account, you'll get it. Yes. But do you have optionality.com? I have optionalitydc.com, and then I also have at optionalitydc on Instagram. It, that's so close to my heart. That's exactly what I tell my kids. Because I had a music career before doing this yoga thing, and I tell them that the only reason I was able to do that is because I had options, because I worked hard and I created options for myself. They're seven and nine. And I tell them they have to work hard in school so they have options. So if they get out of school and they don't like what they're doing, they have the ability to do other things and eventually find something that they love doing. Do you love doing what you're doing? I love it. (laughs) I absolutely love it. How old is Instagram Collaborations? How long has that been around? the ability to collaborate and have two accounts at the top left so corner Phil, of the post. So Phil, I know you love collaborations. Phil I does love collaborative posts. I hate collaborative posts. I, think, <laughs> I don't think they benefit either business. I think that the times that I've posted a collab with a restaurant, it doesn't do as well as if I just go into the restaurant and maybe they're paying me or maybe I'm going in on my own or maybe it's a comped visit where they're paying for my food, but I'm tipping the server. But I think it resonates more with my audience, at least, and with most people if it's just straight up on your page and it doesn't look like it's trying too hard. That being said, I do think the podcast collab posts are a little bit different. And like if we want to collab on this post, I think it would make sense because it's the same exact post that I would post, you know, on my account versus versus Naptown Scoop. But I think that sometimes they're a little bit too much. And I don't think 
Instagram loves them as much as a creator just pushing out the content. It's very interesting though. But so what I offer to do is I'm going to post it on my page, but I'll save the original and send it to you and give you full access. Like you just need to tag me or whatever. And I think that's often better because to the audience, it looks a little bit more natural and less try hardy almost. I see. Okay. But the collaborative feature I think has only been around for Maybe three or four months. Yeah, just a few months now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but listen, we, as the oldest one in the room, I will take the advice of the 20-somethings <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to Instagram. Let's talk about Naptown Scoop Instagram for a little bit. People love when they get featured on Naptown Scoop Instagram. They tag us in their stories a lot. They Sometimes they, if they know me, they text me and they're like, hey, so cool. Thank mm-hmm. you. I'm a random person in Annapolis. How do I get featured on Naptown Scoop? The best way is to use the hashtag and not to tag us because the hashtag is most searchable for me as someone that's looking to repost. But by tagging us, it's just watering down the DMs, which makes it harder for both Ryan and I to get to actual questions. And that's a new feature. Yeah. Whenever someone tags you on Instagram now, it sends you a DM. It's so annoying. The hashtag for a while, they messed that up and it wasn't searching correctly. But now it's searching correctly. So, but I mean, what kind of picture? Like, what 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 are you looking for? What am I looking for? Besides what I tell you to look for. (laughs) (laughs) Landscape type of photos do really great. Anything of the city, anything of the cityscape, anything of nature, water, boats. During the winter, snow. Blue angels. Blue angels are huge. (laughs) Anything with boats. Anything with boats. Dogs. Especially super yachts. Yeah. Uh, If you ever have a super yacht picture, please tag us. Dogs do pretty well. I try to avoid humans and children just because that gets a little too personal. Really cute dog photos are good, but we're not just going to be a dog repost account because I think that kind of becomes a little bit too much. It's a little bit of a crutch. Can't do dogs all the um, yeah, time. Yeah, I can't do dogs all the time. Snowflake Alley in the winter is great. Anything current. So one thing that was probably not a great photo but did really well recently was when the snowflakes on Snowflake Alley were being hung. And I found that not through a hashtag, not through being tagged, but I was just searching the Annapolis, Maryland location tag and found that. And then I commented on the post. It was the gardening group or the landscape group that girls, hangs yeah. out. And I commented on the post and I was like, hey, love this post. May we repost it with credit? They said yes. And that photo got maybe close to a thousand likes, which is on the higher end. Um, who, who did we compete with in Annapolis? Who is like your nemesis Instagram account to repost the great photos? Your nemesis is Visit Annapolis. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they're my nemesis, but <laughs> since uh, day you one. You are the one that does the Instagram. Honestly, I don't think I even look at their Instagram, but there's been a couple of times where I have looked at it and I was like, oh shoot, I was going to post that the next day. And then there's been a couple of times where I looked at it after the fact and, and we, we posted the same posted. photo on the same day. And it still does well. All right, now Phil has a really fun question. Okay. I want to know, what is it like working for Ryan? Was there an interview process? Was it in person? I yeah, <laughs> Ryan, you need to leave the room. <laughs> I think he called me in October and he was like, hey, I'm thinking about looking for someone to do this. If you're interested, I want it to be you type of thing. And I was like, LOL, it's funny you're calling me. I'm actually thinking about quitting my job. Can I get back to you in a week or two and see what stage I'm at? Does that seem about right? It's not really how I remember the okay. conversation going. How do you remember yeah. it going? I remember the conversation being a little bit more in detail about quitting the job and me being really excited about that because I love when people quit their jobs to do their own thing. And was the conversation on the phone? I I don't remember. It was, I think it was a couple phone calls. It's really something. Two 20 somethings 
called each other on the phone. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I would think that you would do uh, just texting back and forth. Or, uh, I hate texting. <laughs> no, and I also hate texting. Ryan and I, I think our most productive conversations are like five minutes long, but they're scheduled phone calls that typically one of us is running late to. So if you could change one thing about how Ryan runs the business that, that would make things easier for you, what would it be? Sticking to his deadlines. <laughs> Self-imposed deadlines. <laughs> you know what, Maddie? Uh, you know, you and I could have a session about this. <laughs> it's not. I've that also bad. been a victim of him not hitting his deadlines. <laughs> the good thing about Instagram is typically I probably have like five pre-planned posts. One of them's for the game tomorrow, the Army Navy game, and that will not move. Like that is going to go up tomorrow, no matter what. But everything else for next week, if Ryan was like hey, this event's coming up. Can you post it on Tuesday? I'll just move the post that was for Tuesday to another day, make sure it still looks pretty in the grid, that we don't have like two water photos in a row or two really dark nighttime photos in a row. Try to space The grid out. is huge. The grid's yeah, huge. Yeah, I learned this from Maddie. Except now it's less important because we're posting so many different types of content that are not pretty. The podcast videos, the crab cake videos. So... If you could have an unlimited free food card to any restaurant in Annapolis, where would it be? Chop Tank. How come? I've only been one time for the opening night, but I feel like the views are good. And it was all free. It was all free. But I feel like the views are good. I feel like it's, is it open for lunch? Yeah, it's open every so it's day. So it's open every day for lunch or dinner. So you can go pretty much any time of day. You could go for a nightcap. Like you can go for any meal. And they also have a variety of options. So like if you want crab cakes, you can do that. If you want to go healthier, you can do that. Like I want to want to go to somewhere where it's only one type of food because then it's just kind of, you know, you're going to get tired of it. Yeah, you can really do kind of whatever you want at yeah. Chop Tank. Like you can go in and have uh, just a burger for lunch or just a salad for lunch. Yeah, you could do like a salad for lunch and then try something new for dinner every day. Or you could go have like a super special meal. Let's get the seafood tower, the, you know, the yeah. expensive champagne. You could, you could... There's a lot of range at Chop Tank. And there are two bars. Most of the time, there's really good music. There's really good Especially live music. Yeah. Wednesday nights. And the views. So the Severn Inn. You've been to the Severn Inn? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a good example of it. It's just one view. And they really market the view there. And it's nice. But the bridge is part of the view. And I, I think that's that takes away from it a bit. Oh, at no. Chop I think the bridge is really cool. Uh-huh. Well... Especially because the bridge is curved. Mm -hmm. If the bridge were just straight across, like the Severn River Bridge is an ugly bridge, but the Naval Academy Bridge is a beautiful bridge. Okay. Have yeah, you but... ever been at the corner seat of the bar at Severn Inn for a gorgeous, fiery sunset? I haven't, but maybe that's what I need to do. Sit down for that and tell me you think that's not a pretty bridge. I will make sure that happens. But with Chop Tank, there are really four different great views that you have because there's upstairs and there's downstairs there's ego alley there's the downtown area they've really found just a great little spot there to build a restaurant and i don't think i don't know what the development plan looks like but i don't think those views will ever be blocked that's what i'm always thinking about like in dc what could come in that would block this or change it but i don't think chop tank's going to be able to be touched well, thank you so much for taking the time to be here. and Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for hanging out. Of course. Thank you for listening to the Naptown Scoop Show. Our theme music is Moving On by Seth Walker, and our wonderful producer is Mr. Evan McGee. To learn more about Naptown Scoop, go to naptownscoop.com and subscribe to the newsletter. 
To learn more about Yoga Factory Annapolis, go to yogafactoryannapolis.com and visit one of our locations in Annapolis or Crofton. Thank you for listening to the Naptown Scoop Show. Mm-hmm.